0: can also learn lessons for ourselves things that they were glorying in, things that people glory in today, as opposed to what we should be glorying in. We should glory in the Lord, obviously we know that. But let's look at with me at some of these um, some these verses and three times in this chapter The divine me is emphasized in verse 3, verse 6, and verse 24. Pay attention to those as we we run over them. Let's read this chapter now. O that my head were waters, and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them. For they be all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men. And they bend their tongue like their bow for lies, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Lord. Take ye heed everyone of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. For every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanderers. And they will deceive everyone, his neighbour will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies, and weary themselves to commit iniquity. Thine habitation is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, saith the Lord. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will melt them and try them, for how shall I do for the daughter of my people? Their tongue is as an arrow shot out, it speaketh deceit, one speaketh peaceably to his neighbour with his mouth, but in heart he layeth in his weight. Shall I not visit them these things, saith the Lord, shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? For the mountains will I take up a weeping and a wailing, and for the habitation of the wilderness a lamentation because they are burned up, so that none can pass through them. Neither can men hear the voice of the cattle. Both the fowl of the heavens and the beasts are fled. They are gone. And I will make Jerusalem heaps and a den of dragons, and I will make the cities of Judah desolate without an inhabitant. Who is the wise man that may understand this? And who is he to whom the mouth of the Lord has spoken that he may declare it for what the land perisheth and is burned up like a wilderness that none passeth through and the Lord saith because they have forsaken my law which I set before them and have not obeyed my voice neither walked therein but have walked after the imagination of their own heart and after Balaam which their fathers taught them speak about traditions Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed them, even this people, with wormwood, and give them water of gall to drink. I will scatter them also among the heathen, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, and I will send a sword after them till I have consumed them. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider ye and call for the mourner, for the mourning women, that they may come, and send for cunning women, that they may come, and let them make haste, And take up a wailing for us, that our eyes may run down with tears, and our eyelids gush out with waters. For a voice of wailing is heard out of Zion. How are we spoiled? We are greatly confounded, because we have forsaken the land, because our dwellings have cast us out. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O ye women, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth, and teach your daughters wailing, and every one her neighbor lamentation. For death has come up into our windows and is entered into our palaces to cut off the children from without and the young men from the streets. <coughs> Speak, thus saith the Lord, even the carcasses of men shall fall as dung upon the open field and as the handful after the harvest men and none shall gather them. Now especially notice verses 23 and 24, the text verses here. <coughs> thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. <coughs> Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will punish all them which are circumcised with the uncircumcised, Egypt and Judah and Edom and the children of Ammon and Moab and all that are in the uttermost corners that dwell in the wilderness, for all these nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart. (coughs) So we live... In a time when people are consumed with themselves, and <clears throat> glory is all about our own achievements, our own position our own wealth, and uh, <clears throat> we see the effects of that all around us maybe within ourselves as well as people move further away from bringing glory to God, the more glory they tried to get in themselves, the more depressing and desperate everything becomes. You've probably all listened or heard Jordan Peterson, probably one of the most intelligent philosophers, psychologists of our time, blames most of the ills of society on this narcissism. He uses colorful words to describe the narcissism of society in general. But isn't that what it is? People completely try to disregard God, (coughs) try not to glory in God, but only glory in themselves and the selfishness, (coughs) the emptiness (coughs) that this brings. There's never enough and there's never satisfaction in that always people find blame with others than anything that goes wrong and no personal responsibility. God is the source and center of all that is good and he should be the undivided object of all of man's, all of our glorying. All right, number one, the first section here, what do people glory in? Verse 23, we have, excuse me, it's still not over my cold, I guess. We have the key here, three words. Read this verse again, thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. I think these three things are probably the the basic things that all mankind generally glories in. Each one of these has its own devoted followers. Number one, the wise are tempted, obviously, to glory in their wisdom. And we know wisdom, true wisdom, is good, and we should seek wisdom. We have probably more verses in the Bible that command us to look for wisdom than warn against. But this is more of a knowledge, I guess, of uh, earthly wisdom, worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom or knowledge is the primary thing sought for by worldly people. And it is... Thing that so many people glory in, in their, in what, consider our own our own wisdom, things that we have learned ourselves, and it's so easy for us to glory in in that. I think we are so wise. As, I'll read a bunch of verses here now, and uh, just. And just listen to them, don't need to turn to them. Isaiah 5, verse 21. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. So like I said before, there's nothing wrong with wisdom. But what is wrong is when we are wise in our own eyes, we consider ourselves to be superior, our wisdom to be greater than others. Proverbs 3, verse 7. <clears throat> Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. That is true wisdom, is if we can fear the Lord and discern what is evil, what is sin in our life. I think if we can do that, discern the evil in our life and know how to eradicate that that is true wisdom Colossians 2 verse 8 beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ there is like I said before in the beginning there is so much emphasis around us of seeking wisdom but Satan is trying to do that to portray that that the only way to do that is to take God out of the picture that anything that has to do with Christ that that's odds with true wisdom but we know that it's the direct opposite that contrary If we want true wisdom, we will first of all need to be studying the Word of God, studying Christ, learning to know Christ, and not let philosophies of this world draw us away or destroy us. And then 1 Corinthians 3, verses 18 to 21. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become as a fool, (coughs) that he may be wise. (coughs) For the wisdom of this world is foolishness, foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. So if we want to be wise in the world, to be recognized by the world as wise, I think it will lead us on a path away from wisdom. We need to become as fools to the world, in a sense. Because God has, has a different course of wisdom for us. I'll turn with me to James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. <clears throat> Speaking here of earthly and heavenly wisdom. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is a wise man and and endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out of a good conversation or of a good walk of life his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envyings and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. I think you're showing a contrast of earthly wisdom and spiritual wisdom or heavenly wisdom. People that are considered wise in earthly wisdom, how peaceable are they? Usually not very, are they? So much contention and arguments and strife. But true wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. It's not that defensiveness. <clears throat> and also Romans chapter 1 verses 21 to 25 <clears throat> because that when they knew God, they glor- glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and in their foolish heart, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorrupt- uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and forfeited beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. You see that around us in society as well? People that worship the creature more than the creator? and then somehow think they are wise. All right, another, the next one. Mighty man, glory in his might. It's whether, what, what is might? We might think of that as position or influence or stature position of uh, office maybe whatever distinguishes one person from others has the potential for selfish glorying and uh, can be a a snare to us as well if we think we have a position of authority we have a connection to someone important we might glory in that Or we might think that we have some say in certain organization, whether it's whatever it might be. It might be in church. We I think that we have a position that people need to look up to, and we could be tempted to glory in that. Or as even as fathers in the home, we have a position of authority, obviously, but we don't glory in that in the position itself, but we see that humbly as a responsibility that we need to faithfully fulfill. <clears throat> Proverbs twenty verse six most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find like that first <clears throat> verse or the first sentence in that verse, I don't know if I ever well ever did out to me like that. glorying in wisdom, or glorying in might, or glorying in riches—pride is at the root of that, isn't it? Also, you can turn with me to Isaiah 14 if you care to. Look at the beginning of of this might, or sin of might, your glorying in might, which was Lucifer, (coughs) Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 16, breaking in here, again, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the earth? which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation at the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You know, Satan had such a potential. He was at such an honorable place he was before but that wasn't enough he gloried in himself and decided that there was more that he could be he could make himself as it says in the last phrase there I will be like the most high instead of glorying in God in whose presence he was he was going to be like God he wanted to be gloried the same or more more than God, and he was brought to destruction. Jeremiah 48, verse 7. For because thou hast trusted in thy works and in thy treasures, thou shalt also be taken, and Timoth shall go forth into captivity with his priests and his princes together. Now these are all obviously... Judgment spoken on Israelites and different nations. But I think there are warnings for us as well as individuals, as maybe even as a group, but especially as individuals, to not trust our works and these further warnings. Jeremiah 48, verse 29 as well. We have heard the pride of Moab, he is exceeding proud his loftiness and his arrogancy and his pride and the haughtiness of his heart. Ezekiel 28, verse 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Speaking here more of beauty and appearance, it says. That, speaking about beauty, countenance, but we also would have that temptation with us, maybe at times, to glory in our appearance, maybe good looks, but anything that we glory in ourselves is is sin. We can obviously glory in that God has given us health and God has given us functioning body, but that's not something that we have accomplished or done, but rather, again, glory in what God has given or done for us. Zephaniah 2 verse 15. This is the rejoicing city that dwelt carelessly, that said in her heart, I am and there is none beside me. How has she become a desolation, a place for beasts to lie down in? Everyone that passeth by her shall hiss and wag his hand. And we could say that that is every city in North America, maybe in the world today, have turned away from God, basically are saying that I am and there is none beside me, or then have become places of desolation. Also, looking at New Testament, Matthew 23, verses 5 through 7. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. And love the uttermost, rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. Speaking here of the Pharisees I think religious people of the day and they were basically um, phylacteries were leather pouches where they carried um what was it? Was some of the scrolls in it, or at least some of the Word of God? But basically, we'd say, well, they carried around big Bibles, so that would look like they were very devout and and religious people. Borders of their garments they enlarged. Make sure that I mean we can draw some of the parallels in our minds. What could be something we could do to try to bring glory to ourselves. They loved the outermost rooms at feasts. They liked the best seats in the synagogue. They enjoyed to be greeted in the markets. Prestige. Being looked up to, they were enjoying, people called them teachers or rabbi-rabbi. The glory should have been given to God, their Father. They took the glory to themselves. Romans 12, verses 3, says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then also verse 16 of the same chapter, Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. And then the last one, Galatians 6 verse 3, familiar verse. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. And... uh, pretty much sums up this glorying in our own position or we think we are something when we are nothing we deceive ourselves and I think too many times if we would look more honestly at ourselves we would see that we actually aren't very much at all number three the rich glory in their wealth obviously glory in the power and influence that it gives. And uh, we know the popularity of prosperity gospel around us, thinking that God is blessing us, well, therefore, we must be doing right in his eyes because if, if he wasn't happy with us, he wouldn't be giving us the good life we have, would I think the opposite may be true. <clears throat> the, also, riches bring the temptation to become independent. And, uh, well, yes, we should be providing for ourselves, our own, but we need to go beyond that, help others as well, and not to glory in our wealth, to think that anyone that would not be able to provide for their own needs. That there's something wrong with that. But We need to glory in God, and if we truly do that, we will be ready to help those that are in need as well. Also, First Corinthians 1, First Corinthians chapter 1, verses... 17 to 31. <coughs> Long passage here again. <coughs> For Christ sent me not to baptize, <coughs> but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. <coughs> For the preaching of the cross is is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them that are which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because of the fool because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. In the end, and maybe even in the present, but those that glory in their wisdom, in their wealth, in their position will be brought to foolishness And those that rather in earthly foolishness trusted in God and served him will be brought to glory or brought into the presence of God and he will exalt them. All right, the second point now, what should we glory in? Verse 24, Jeremiah 9 here said verse 24 but let him that glorieth glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth me a modern philosopher I'm not even sure who it was had referred to God as the great unknowable and it's true that we in a sense God is unknowable; He's so great, beyond what we understand. But in a, in a limited sense, it is possible to understand and know Him. It's what we have the Bible for—to help us to learn to know God. And this knowledge is the only thing that is worth glorying in. If if we have a knowledge of God of Christ, we can glory in that. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 31, the last part of the verse says, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Also, John chapter 17. John 17, verses 1 through 5, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So Jesus had glory with the Father before the foundation of the world. Then he came to earth and he glorified God here and he is now again glorifying God in his presence. How is God known? Through the revelation of his word and more fully by his son. John 1 verses 14 through 18. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us And we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So Jesus Christ has revealed to us God, and we can glory him by knowing Christ personally. There are three reasons why we should glory in him. First of all, because of his loving kindness. Verse 24. Let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, and that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness. Because of the excellency of his loving kindness, we can trust in him. We continually see his loving-kindness at work all around us in our own lives and allows us to trust in him. Psalm 36, verse 7. How excellent is thy loving-kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. And uh, this great loving-kindness is ultimately seen in the gift of Son of Jesus the Son of Jesus Christ. John three verse sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Second <clears throat> Corinthians four verse six. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And first John four verse eight, "He that loveth knoweth not God. Sorry, for he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. It's impossible to not have love if we claim to know God. <clears throat> All right, number two, because of his judgments, we need glory in him. Psalm 97, verse 2. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. God's judgments (coughs) have always been just and righteous. His judgments in the past, whether it was in the flood or Sodom and Gomorrah, or the nations in history, especially ancient Israel. Those well, judgments were always against wickedness and for righteousness. <clears throat> and we can trust that his judgments today as well are always fair. Evil will always be punished and righteousness will be vindicated. It might not always take place immediately, but ultimately God is a righteous judge. And number three, glory in him because of his righteousness. Righteousness crowned with loving kindness is the character of our God. <clears throat> Jesus glorified in this when he prayed in John chapter 17, verse 24 to 26. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me Be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, that thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus Christ, the righteous, is our advocate today. Praise the Lord. We can glory in him because he understands us and he is standing in the gap for us. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let us show our glorying by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And one last time, Jeremiah 9, verse 24. Let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, and I am the Lord, which exercised loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Let's strive to put away glorying in ourselves, our feeble earthly accomplishments, and whatever we have, and strive to glory in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's kneel for prayer. our father in heaven pause before you at the close of this service we are so thankful that you are such an awesome God all that you have done for us especially in providing salvation for us through Jesus Christ help us to ever glory in him and in you and uh, not to glory in our own knowledge or our own might or our own accomplishments Anything that we have, we realize that all comes from you and that we would praise you for it. Just pray now that you'll be with, with us the rest of this day. All we do might be glorying to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.